Okay, and moving on to look at life in a communist country, specifically life in communist Russia. So when we look at the outside, when we look from the outside looking into this chapter, we can identify five things or five areas that we need to shift our focus. Firstly, we need to be able to define what communism is and how Russia became a communist state. Secondly, we need to explain how Stalin rose to power. Thirdly, we need to explain Stalin's controversial economic policies and his use of terror throughout his reign over the communist USSR. Fourthly, we need to understand the use of propaganda in the USSR and how this affected popular public opinion. And then finally, we need to briefly discuss education and the lives of women under Stalin. So getting straight into the content, communism takes its roots in Russia. So communism is essentially a system of government where the state controls all aspects of the economy. So it can it controls jobs, property, business. And communism kind of results or it does result in really limited rights for individuals in the state so the people of the state so the people of communist russia when communism takes hold it results in really limited rights for the people so when russia had a poor performance in the first world war this prompted riots and strikes across the country Tsar Nicholas II was forced to step down as a result of these strikes so a tsar is just like the king or queen and the provisional government that replaced Nicholas II was overthrown in the October Revolution of 1917 when Vladimir Lenin took control of Russia. Lenin and his followers were known as the Bolsheviks. So the Bolshevik party, um, they basically followed the ideas of Karl Marx, who was a German political philosopher, political philosopher, if we could call him that. And he basically believed that the working class should stage revolutions to end private ownership and rally towards an even distribution of wealth. So Karl Marx essentially wanted to remove the idea of different social classes in society, working towards creating an equal society for the people of the state. So when Lenin and the Bolshevik followers took control of Russia, Russia officially became the world's first communist state and all political parties other than the Bolsheviks were banned. The government took control of all the banks, factories and communist Russia was therefore born. So a civil war broke out in Russia right after this in 1917 as many people were concerned and worried with the events that led to Lenin gaining control of the communist state but by 1921 Lenin and the Bolsheviks had gained com- complete control of the country and Russia was renamed the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics or the USSR so moving on we have to go on to discuss Stalin's rise to power so in 1922 Lenin had actually went through two different strokes at this stage and he kind of knew his time was coming to an end he wrote a testament a document which outlined his future ideas for the country and in this testament he states that joseph stalin should be removed from his position as general secretary lenin was not a big fan of stalin 
Two years had passed and Lenin died in January 1924 without a named successor. And this created a huge power struggle between the members of the Bolshevik party. So although Stalin was not the front runner to take over from Lenin and was actually possibly disliked as we learned in his testament, Stalin took control of Lenin's funeral arrangements and gave a speech at the funeral, which led the people of Russia to believe Stalin was to be Lenin's successor. So Stalin then went on to kind of play his competitors and various party members against each other until he eventually turned on them, replacing their positions in the Bolshevik party with his supporters or his followers. By 1928, Stalin had gained absolute control of the USSR, and his rule would be forcefully enforced over the next couple of years. Moving on, we can look to discuss... um, the controversial economic policies of Stalin. So when we're discussing this area of the topic, we need to be aware how Stalin's economic policies just really affected the lives of millions of people across the USSR. So in 1927, he started a scheme called collectivization. And this essentially was the joining of small, unproductive farms to create large state-owned productive farms. So the farmers initially refused to hand over their family land to Stalin. So these were like small family-run farms, and they actually initially refused to hand over that land that had been in their family for generations to Stalin. But in 1929, Stalin began to use force to get them to cooperate. Over 2.5 million wealthy private-owned farmers were forcefully removed from their land and sent to the gulags. So I think we all might be familiar enough with the gulags here now from Call of Duty. So the gulags, if we're not clear, were just forced labor camps. So by 1936, 90% of farmland had been collectivized, essentially meaning that it is now owned by the state or owned by the USSR. Stalin then went on to launch three five-year plans in which he intended to boost industrialization in the USSR. So when I mention a five-year plan, one of a five-year plan from Stalin was basically just a set of targets that workers had to meet over a period of five years. So the first five-year plan focused on heavy industry. So we're looking at the production of coal, steel, electricity, and the targets that were set by Stalin were really unrealistic but improvements were made in them areas. The second five-year plan had a continued focus on industrialization, so heavy industry, but also on transport and consumer goods. So we could look how the Moscow, the Moscow underground was built during this second five-year plan. The third five-year plan was cut short due to the invasion of Germany in World War II. So when Germany invaded, Stalin switched, kind of switched plan and he work towards the mass production of guns and ammunition as that's what was needed at the time for war. So as a result of Stalin's economic policies in the USSR, shortages of everyday goods were widespread across the country. So food was rationed at times. Some regions were devastated by like horrible famines during Stalin's rule. However, during this period, most workers were provided with a free apartment, free schooling and free basic health care that all kind of come under this communism umbrella. So it's really important we understand how the use of terror 
was integrated by Stalin over the course of his rule. So Stalin was a straight-up dictator, and he wanted to get a stronghold on the population of the USSR. So a dictator is someone who just, I suppose, gains absolute control of their country and generally uses terror and propaganda to hold on to power. So in 1934, Stalin created the Sheka, which was just a secret police. They were later renamed the NK- NKVD. And these secret police went around arresting, torturing, and executing so-called enemies of the state. So suspicion and fear just took over everyday life for the normal people of the USSR, as people were essentially encouraged to report anybody that they suspected to be an enemy of the state to the NKVD. So the NKVD also ran the infamous gulags. So I think it, there was an estimated up to 30,000 gulags existing across the USSR over Stalin's reign. But the largest camps were found in the Siberian region of the country as it kind of just had the the harshest, coldest climate, which made the work even more difficult there. So I think an est- it's estimated that over 1 million people were to or did die in the gulags as violence poor food hard labor just led to extremely high debt rates in the gulags so over his reign stalin also became increasingly paranoid that people were going to overthrow him and in 1934 began a purge of his political parties removing any members he believed to challenge his authority so over the course of 1936 to 1938 Stalin organized three different show trials so a show trial was a staged trial held in public to influence popular public opinion so this was a method of propaganda that was used by Stalin over his reign so the people on trial were questioned and tortured in front of the media in front of the public And then finally, just the kind of last nail in the coffin when it comes to terror for Stalin, um, the Red Army, which was the official army of the USSR, was purged by Stalin. So he did not trust anyone who served under Trotsky, who was the former competitor to replace Lenin. Stalin initially executed eight army commanders before deciding to completely wipe out members of the Red Army, eventually firing or executing up to 30,000 members that were part of his army, which is just nuts to think about. Moving on to look at propaganda in the USSR. So propaganda was used essentially to keep control of the country by Stalin. So the Communist Party's newspaper was called the Pravada, which meant truth. So in it, Stalin was praised while his rivals' reputations were smeared. Um, Also, posters and works of art had to present the idea that the USSR was a successful country with a happy workforce while demonstrating the success of communism, even though this was not the case across the country. Stalin gave himself the status of a godlike figure, and he erected statues and posters of himself everywhere. Like Even cities and streets were named after Stalin, so we could look to Stalingrad, where a really famous battle takes place in World War II. So like Stalin even went as far as nicknaming himself the brilliant genius of humanity and the father of nations. And those who were declared enemies of the state or those who were executed were actually airbrushed out of historic photos with Stalin as if they had never existed. Like a really famous example of this is a photo of Stalin and Yezhov. 
um, which was doctrined, which removed Yeshov from the photo. Yeshov, who was obviously later executed by Stalin and was completely wiped out of the history books from the USSR's histories. And that brings us on perfectly to look at the use of propaganda in schools, education in the USSR. So propaganda was also used in schools. Like if we think about what a school is, it's the future generation of a country. So textbooks were rewritten to make Stalin's role in like the October Revolution even more impressive while his enemies were completely wiped from the history books like we've discussed with Yeshov being completely wiped from that photograph. So Stalin made attending school compulsory in the USSR as he wanted to kind of tackle the high literacy and numeracy problems that kind of popped their head up or reared or came to life or came to light in the workplace. So children were in school to learn how to be the greatest service to their country. And then you could look to how youth organizations were also set up, such as the Young Communists. Um, they were founded to convince the youth the importance of communism so they would they would ensure it would continue into future generations lastly and really quickly discussing the role of women in the ussr so if we look back to the idea of communism which was created by karl marx he had insisted on the importance of equality for men and women in communist societies so under lenin the status of russian women improved as they got the right to vote the right to education and they could access contraception and divorce so, like, you could look how cheap dining halls, laundry services, and childcare was provided by the state. So, the traditional responsibilities that would prevent women from entering the workforce were actually removed. Stalin was more conservative on this issue. He wanted high birth rates, so there'd be more children to build up the workforce and the army. So, women who had six or more children um, were, re- were re- rewarded by the state, and they were paid 2,000 rubles per year for five years as a reward for having so many children and by 1937 in the ussr women made up 50 percent of their workforce really quickly linking this to an exam situation so a hot take so exam questions around this topic are hopefully or most likely going to be around describing the life of an ordinary person living in communist russia so for this question it's important we focus on what jobs they might be working so industrialized jobs heavy industry how posters photos letters etc contain propaganda and what that propaganda might be telling them how that might influence their day-to-day decisions and then maybe you could even go on to discuss the role of women in soviet russia the ussr and how perhaps women there are more likely to be in the workforce you could write this letter from a woman's perspective and then you could discuss how rather than the traditional role of staying at home looking after home duties and the children women were in the workforce and that's backed by the stats as in 1937 50% of the workforce was made up by women anyway 15 minutes i am sorry i apologize too long speak soon <laughs>